We're back at it. And this time around, Kyle joins us. And he's going to be speaking about cell phone addiction. How many of you can think of a time in your life when things seemed to be spiraling out of control? When you were losing grip on reality and it all seemed to be slipping away? Kyle shares some of those struggles with us today. The depression, a lack of self-esteem, and addiction. But his story doesn't stop there because after every rainy day, there's sure to be a little sunshine that follows. Kyle, he offers that ray of light and speaks about his motivation to want to reclaim his livelihood and the steps he took to make it happen. This is part one of a two-part conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Kyle. In his story. Mr. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Give us a little rundown and background of, of where you come from and, and how it was growing up in your neck of the woods. Yeah. So I, I was born and raised in northern Utah um, to, to a large family. I've got five sisters. Uh, I'm the only boy. It was a lot of fun growing up. <laughs> Uh, we didn't grow up wealthy. We didn't grow up poor. It's kind of, you know, we had enough for, for what we were doing and, and not much more than that, but it was a really, really good, good childhood. Um, I grew up, you know, just running around the neighborhood with all the other kids. Very, you know, normal childhood. Um, but my story kind of starts in probably high school, 10th, 11th grade. Uh, I heard something once. And I kind of adopted it for a couple of years and it was a little saying and that saying was life sucks. Then you die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> kind of a dark thing looking back on it, you know, not the, uh, not the greatest thing to live by. Not a lot of hope in that statement. Um, but that definitely going it certainly back isn't through, the, the glass isn't full. no. Uh, going back through all my memories, that's kind of where my story really starts. Um, so we're going to fast forward a couple years and kind of get into uh, my early career choices, I guess. So I always thought it would be cool to fly planes, you know. So I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go explore a little bit. And if all else fails, I'll come back and be a pilot. So I did some cool jobs that didn't end up turning into anything. And then I I came back and said, okay, well, I guess I want to be a pilot. How am I going to make that work? Flight school is not cheap. I'm not rich. Let's go work at a cheese factory and make some money. So working at the the cheese factory um, was the only way I could make flight school work. And it just so happened the only shifts they had open were night shift. And this is kind of where the life sucks, then you die, really hit hard. So I worked night shift for four and a half years at that company. And uh, it kind of it broke me. Um, yeah, so this was, let's see, started working there in 2017, 2018. Got my, got my pilot's license, my private license, kept working on all my ratings and stuff like that. Um, and then COVID hit. 
So you were going to school during the day at that time? Yeah, so I'd I'd uh, go fly two or three days a week for a couple hours at a time, um, and then do all my ground studies and all that kind of thing during the day. I have a couple hours okay. to sleep in the afternoon, work all night long, twelve hour shifts. You were grinding. Um, yeah, it was a grind for a good three and a half out of those five years that I worked at that company. Anyways, uh, COVID hit, and we were we were on a cruise, the whole family, big, you know, first time everybody had been on a cruise together. It was March of 2020, and we were the very last cruise ship to go out before they canceled all the cruises. So that's where we're at, you know, pandemic-wise. So I take a look at that, and I'm really close to finishing up my commercial license, and I'm watching the entire airline industry collapse. So everything I've been working on for the last three years is just collapsing in front of my face. Um, and I said, I'm going to step back from flight school for a minute and just see what happens. Take a break for a year. I'm almost done, so if everything recovers, I'll just hop back on where I left off and no big deal. Um, during that time, I kind of... I was relying on flying. That was kind of the thing that was keeping me motivated, keeping me going, keeping me social and active and all the things that you do for good mental health. Um, so after I stopped flying, that's when I needed something else to fill my time. And that something else was my phone. Um, so in that the last year and a half of the pandemic, I got very, very addicted to my cell phone. Um, my average was up there 10 to 14 hours a day, every day of the week. And basically I, I fell into a depression that I'd never, never experienced before. Um, and it was very much life sucks. Then you die for a few months spending all that time on your phone, yeah. looking back, you know, hindsight's 2020. I realized that I let all of my social connections, all of my friends, all my friendships, I just let them kind of go. I didn't exercise at all because I, I didn't have to, you know, stay in really good shape for flying. Um, so flying is one of those things you should probably be in decent shape if you're going to be up at 10, 12,000 feet without oxygen for a few hours. So I had kept myself in really good shape, but I, I kind of let myself go. On all fronts, there was a point in my life that I would just go to work for 12 hours. I would come home, lay in my bed on my phone, try to sleep, couldn't sleep because it was the middle of the day. Um, and it, it just started spiraling very quickly. Um, before you knew it, I was very depressed. I was suicidal. I was in a really bad space. Mentally, physically, emotionally, all of the all the things you could be, and that was that was a hard few months of my life. Now, um, could I, I ask you uh, as going? Yeah, go ahead. When you said you were depressed and suicidal, does this tie into the things that you were filling your feed with? As far as on on the phone, was it certain things that you were consuming that was putting you in that state or it was just your overall mind state of like, you just weren't in a happy place 
Yeah, it was kind of a... At first, it was just, okay, I'm just waiting for the pandemic to be over so I can go back to life as normal. Um, and then it became okay. more of a, I don't know how to cope unless I have my phone. Um, I don't know how to interact in the real world anymore. I had unlearned all my social skills. I had unlearned yeah. everything. The only thing I knew was my phone. And it, it came down to a feeling of kind of worthlessness. Um, that I, because I, I knew it was a problem. Self-esteem, everything just takes yeah. a hit. I knew it was a problem, but I couldn't quit. So I remember going home for Christmas, um, and the whole family was there. We all get along great. I've got a bunch of nieces and nephews that were running around and I'm the favorite uncle by far. Just, just putting that out there for yeah, the world. That's right. Um, that's right. <laughs> Let and, it be known. <laughs> yeah. So, favorite Uncle Kyle. He, he, I got to a point where my nieces and nephews wanted to play, and normally that's like you go talk to Uncle Kyle, and he'll finish whatever he's doing, and then we'll go play Legos or we'll go play outside. Um, shoot, you know, if the girls want to play some dolls, whatever. You know, we can make it happen. Um, that's something that was always really important to me when my sisters all started having kids is I want to have a relationship with all of my nieces and nephews. And I want to be kind of the favorite uncle, the cool uncle, the one that does fun things with them. And so I had a couple of my nieces and mm -hmm. nephews come up to me and say, Uncle Kyle, can we play? And I was at a point in my life where I was just so tired and so depressed and so so sad inward looking and i i didn't have the energy mentally to go play and that broke me it was one of those things that i was like well wow. if i can't if i can't play with my nieces and nephews you know what else can't i do how far down this hole have i gone of just no sleep no social interaction, um, no exercise, no anything healthy, um, no decent food in my body. I mean, he's eating out at McDonald's probably nine or 10 meals a week. Um, and it's one of those oh, things yeah. that looking wow. back that on, I understand so much more than I did before. But in that moment, I was just devastated so i actually just went out and hopped in my car and i drove home and i cried the entire way home and that was the turning point for me that was where i said i need to get help i need to to change how i'm living my life because this isn't working anymore so that's that that's where the turning point kind of happened for me is the people i love the most i didn't have enough energy to spend the time that i wanted to around them and it it made me really sad. And this was a matter of months of you being on the phone, the way that you were on your phone, where it pretty much just consumed all of your off time and put you in this dark place, pretty much just drains the life out of you. You know, you have no will to do anything but just consume whatever it is that is on that screen, that flickering screen. Yeah, it was, 
I would say my, my phone usage was high before the pandemic, like probably four or five hours a day. Okay. Um, and then during the pandemic, it slowly started creeping up. So it was over the course of about two years, but really the uh, March of 2020 through December of 2020, that was kind of the big part of my life that was 12 hours a day, every single day um, on my phone. So probably nine months of, of that. Um, but this is where the, the, the turning point comes in the happy part of this story. Um, so one day I was, you know, quite sick of being depressed, but I had a problem. Um, I, I couldn't go to a doctor and say, Hey, I think I might be depressed. Can we get me on some meds? I really wanted to, because if that was a quick fix that was just going to work, man, I was in for it. I was so down to just say, put me on some meds. If we can fix this in a month, that's great. The problem with that is um, the FAA, you know, Federal Aviation Administration, doesn't really like it when pilots are on depression medications. So if you go talk to a doctor, it goes on your record permanently. And it, it's very hard to continue the career path of being a pilot. So I was, I was like, uh, well, I guess I'll have to figure this out on my own. So I went to the library and checked out a couple books a week and just started reading and reading and reading and reading. Um, I read a lot of books about depression, about psychology, about happiness and kind of philosophy you know, what is happiness? Where does it come from? How can we become happier? Can we become happier? Um, and one of the books that I read was literally called How to Be Happy. Uh, I don't remember the author, but it had a lot of a lot of sources of there was a study done here, here and here that said if you go outside for five, ten minutes a day, get the sunlight. That's one thing that will make you happier. It's scientifically proven. Um, another thing was right. eating healthy. Uh, that will make your body feel better, in turn, creating a little bit more happiness. Absolutely. Another one was real social connections. Um, and this is where I realized how much time I was spending on my phone. Um, I had, you know, opened up the screen time app one day. And saw that for the last year, more or less, it had been a good 12 hours a day, between 10 and 14 on average for an entire year. You know, you do the math on that, and that's more than half of my year was spent on this phone that I wasn't really getting anything back from. And I realized that I had kind of lost control of my own life. The phone had taken control. And had kind mm-hmm. of held me hostage for a year. Uh, that made me a little angry. I'm not going to lie. But I still couldn't figure out how to put the phone down. Um, I was At that point, I was getting down to like eight hours a day on my phone. So better. Um, but it was still so much time that I knew I was wasting. So uh, let's see. Where do we go from here? I started to get into yoga. Um, 
That was one of the started. That was one of the things I was going to ask you was, did you just get, did you just go cold turkey? But it sounds like you slowly, slowly started to yeah. work on that. It was a slow grind for about the next year. Uh, most of 2021 was me working and figuring out how to get over this, this addiction that I had to my phone. Um, and so it was right. a lot of reading books and figuring out how to change habits and creating new habits in place of old habits. So I started just small. I was like, okay, cool. Uh, yoga is a thing that is was in that book that, hey, this could make you happier. So I said, you know what the heck, we'll, we'll try it. I've kind of always been interested in yoga. It's been a thing that has been talked about a lot, but I've never really got into it at that point. So I started just with five minutes of YouTube video. I was, you know, okay, I'm going to watch YouTube, but it's going to be yoga. And I'm going to do the yoga while I'm watching YouTube. So that's kind of one of my first mindset shifts is mm -hmm. I can watch YouTube if I am like doing something else while I'm watching it. If I'm learning actively and you know, yoga was one of those things. So I started with like a, a 10 or 15 minute introductory yoga session. and man, it felt great. It felt great to just sit there and stretch and listen to my body and breathe. And it, it was so eye opening to me, just that first few sessions. Hey, this thing is, is cool. It felt so good that I like kept doing it every single day. And it was, uh, the next December, right before Christmas, I was in a lot better mental state. Um, and I was doing yoga, one of my morning sessions, and I had gotten into meditation at this point. I'd added a five-minute meditation onto the end of my 20, 25-minute yoga session. And it was at this point that uh, I heard what was like a voice in my head. And now I'm Christian. I believe in God. Um, I grew up a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, also known as Mormons. Um, and it's okay. like a whisper in your mind right. that, hey you should be a life coach. And I was like, what's a life coach? First of all, second of all, I don't even have my own life figured out. How, how do I coach people on their lives? <laughs> like what's going on here? So I've learned that when those kind of things happen, when you, when you hear a voice, that's like somebody speaking to you in your own mind that you just do it. Uh, because to me, that's God speaking to me and saying, hey, I'm in your life. Kind of do what I say and it'll be a little bit easier for you. So let's just say two weeks later, I was enrolled in school to be a life coach. And the crazy thing with the school was in order to graduate, you yourself had to be coached. And so for six months, I had my own coach. I got to be coached and it was a very slow process, but in that process, that's where all the suicidal thoughts went away. All the depression went away. The training myself to think differently um, and change my identity going from life sucks, then you die to I've got so much potential and I can help so many people in this world that legitimately need my help. Uh, that's where that mindset shifted is in those six months um, coming up on about a year and a half ago is when that mind shift really happened.
so do you have any questions? I mean, like, I feel like I've just been talking. No, that's good. I've just been that. That's that's really what I wanted was to hear uh, how it started and the process to slowly get to where you are today. Because, of course, you you didn't just come out of the womb and uh, become what you are today. I mean, everybody has a story and a backstory of, of what what they had to endure or, or certain things that they had to overcome. Now, during this time when you were uh, being coached, were you already completely off of uh, your phone? I know you said you were using it just to more of a tool as research or if you're educating yourself, that type of thing. Was it safe to say that you had a pretty good control of how you were using the phone from that point? Um, that was that was one of the things that I focused a lot on with my coach was, hey, I know I've got a bad habit. At this point, it wasn't an addiction. I could go, you know, I could go five, 10 minutes and just leave my phone over there and not even think about it. Whereas a year before that wouldn't have, wouldn't have happened. Um, but with my personal coach, we worked a lot on changing that habit into other habits. Um, so for instance, replacing it changing, with another habit. Yeah. Yep. Um, like I would, anytime I wanted to hop on my phone, when I got that urge, it was okay, cool. Um, I know my brain just wants dopamine. What else can give it dopamine? Uh, go for a walk, a five minute walk, a little bit of exercise, a little bit of blood flow, a little bit of sunshine releases, not, not quite as much dopamine as the phone does when you start scrolling, but enough that it, it gave my, it gave my brain the hit that it needed, but didn't overdo it. Um, so it was a lot of a brain training of, Hey, what does my brain want? Why does it want the dopamine? Why does it want the oxytocin? Why does it want the serotonin? Why does it want those chemicals from my phone? And how can I transition my phone from being the provider of those chemicals to real humans or going outside or anything other than my phone? How can I transition that? Um, and so that transition, right, it took yeah. a good six, seven months to fully go from eight hours down my phone down to the point where I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to ditch my, my full on smartphone and I'm going to go to a flip phone. And so that is where the cold huh. Turkey kind of happened is it took a lot of months of preparation um, and then a lot of months of research on, on things I wanted on my phone. You know, I wanted maps. I wanted music. I wanted the ability to Google if I absolutely needed to. Uh, I sat down and made this list, mm -hmm. all the things I wanted and all the things I didn't want. I didn't want any social media. I didn't want any sort of temptation. There's a, a thing that I call the ooh shiny factor. Mm -hmm. Humans like shiny things. Like we're drawn to shiny things. We're drawn to see our reflection in a mirror. And my old phone was shiny on all four sides. And that was one of the biggest things that I, I didn't realize until right as I was giving up my, my full on smartphone and going to a flip phone. I didn't realize that that was one of the biggest things keeping me hooked was just this piece of tech is really, really cool. And mm. I'd be booked because look what it can do. That's, that's so I switched bait. to this, this flip phone. Yep. And it's ugly. It's heavy. It doesn't fit in my pocket very well. 
it's it's meant for <laughs> construction crews to just call each other back and forth on the job site. That's literally what it was designed to do. Um, it's got a touch screen on it, but it's probably kind of like those old those old Nextel. Looks like a walkie talkie. Yeah, it actually has a walkie talkie function on it. No joke. Uh, the the touch screen on it's okay. Like yeah. probably I remember those old chirps like. Yeah, it, it, it's got some of those. It's funny. It's it's like a blast of the past with a little bit of modern technology thrown in. The touchscreen's like an inch <laughs> and a half by two and a half tall. And it's just, it's hard to use. Um, and that was the, the thing that finally broke all the the addiction to my phone was the physical changing from a smartphone to a a lot dumber smartphone. Still a smartphone, but it's hard to use. Um, it like it it doesn't do Zoom calls. I, I downloaded Facebook on it the first day just to see what it was like, and it was so nightmarish to use that I was like, "This isn't even worth trying." Yeah, the inconvenience of um, it makes you not even want to. So use changing it. that physical thing was yeah, exactly. So. At the same time as I was going to the flip phone, I was starting up my own business, teaching people how to get off their phones. And I was using all the things I had learned in this coaching school from me being coached. Um, the coaching school is all about how to help people change their habits. Um, I don't change your habits. You have to change your own habits. So how can I help you help yourself? Um, right. It's basically what I learned how to do in that school. And it's become very, very valuable to me. Um, in my business that what I do now is just help people get off their phones full time. It's my job. It's super, super cool. Now, um, is the majority of the people that, that you coach having issues with, with the same thing, the very same thing, getting off of their phone and just not spending so much time on it? Yeah. Most of my clients are spending about six to 10 hours a day on their phones. Uh, and the first thing I do with them is I sit down and say, well, I hope you enjoyed the first half of the conversation. Part two is just around the corner. And if, like Kyle, you'd like to be a part of the show and share your story, or even the story of someone in your life that has impacted you in a positive way, you can always reach out to me via email. I'd be happy to connect. And if you find any value in this, what we're doing over here, or if it resonates with you, leave a review, share your thoughts, and give us a rating on whichever platform it is you're tuned into. Your feedback would be greatly appreciated. I look forward to hearing from you all. Till next time, and very soon, peace. Looking for a sign to know I'm on the right road. Ain't seen no sign since Jay.